faster than what I would uh, what I would normally do, but I can I can feel it kind of coming. Um, but we, we haven't done that yet, so she's gonna take him and go do that whole thing. I was like, and I guess like they just freaked out. They're like, oh my god, we get to go. You know what I mean? It's like, do kids love that stuff? So I get why parents are on the phone trying to save themselves fifty dollars. You know what I mean for sure. I figured it was that you didn't want to go to the haunted house there. That was the uh, that was the reason of it. Is that uh, Stansberry a little bit afraid of him? Nah, well you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, well, you know, yeah, you know. I uh, now nah, I'll be all right. She uh, she's a big coward about that kind of stuff. Like we went and saw the nun. And I didn't think it was good at all. I mean, she just had her face buried in my chest the whole movie. She couldn't see it. And I was like, well, you wanted like you wanted to do this. this right, what are we doing here? We're here because of you. I don't want to see this. And you're not even going to watch this. You know, but I guess I shouldn't complain. It was actually not the best. You know, not the worst thing in the whole world. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, yesterday, I, uh, you know, was was kind of getting stuff together in the house and, like, trying to, like, make stuff happen and, like, you know, doing all these different things. And there was a part of me, man. I was like, God damn, dude, who are you? Like uh, an adult, an adult, like in all. It's one of those things where I've really recognized a lot of, like, for those of you that don't know, Fantone bought a house. Yeah. He, you know, he and his woman bought a house. So he's like, kind of in this new, like, oh, my God, I'm a homeowner where, like, and maybe maybe this will all be different in six months. And honestly, probably will but there's just always this like no matter what i do i'm always like well, can, well what, what can i make better over here like what do i have to do over here it's just this constant and everything's so much nicer than anything i've ever had in my life so there's a part of me that's like dude sit down and relax and enjoy it and so like it look in. at this right and like you you did all this and you bought all this and there's just this constant like feeling of i'm not doing enough like there's supposed to be something else like there's some other like I like I don't know. I think what, you did it. I I, I I I almost feel like I'm not like the master of my domain because I'm just like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Well, I, I'm guessing here that it's such a hectic time in your life. It's hurry up, wait, go, buy this, get this here, get this, and that when you're done doing it, you're like, are we done? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Like I'm sure that's what it is. I think very much. I've expected there to be it, this is like addiction or like you know a relationship where you expect there to be a finish line and a parade and somebody to be like, I'm done. Right? Hey, you did this and congratulations. And it's just like, no, dude. Every day I'm just like waking up, looking around, and like, well, dude, I gotta fix this. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know if that's new homeowner on me or if that's like you know being an adult or if more likely in six months it's just gonna go back to like, ah, eh, whatever. I'll just sit around and watch wrestling yeah well i would think so like eventually you'll just you know you'll just kind of settle in does it feel like home yet yeah it does i I remember when we first moved in so many times to each other we said like this feels like we rented a house and like went to the outer banks or we went to like you know we went we went on it's a vacation home and we were so somebody's gonna kick us out of here like somebody's gonna come in here and kick us out and say all right your week's done here all right your two weeks is done here it's time for you to get out and like now at this point i think both of us very much feel settled in kind of like all right we're not no nobody nobody's kicking us out except for the bank interesting yeah no that's good man i uh i'm starting to look around i don't know if a buying is gonna be the way i'm gonna go but i'm I, i have definitely realized i'm gonna have to it's gonna be time now to like move into a house, whether I rent it or whatever, I, I don't know. But like, I gotta get out of my apartment. Yeah, dude, I, you can never live too long in any one apartment, and I, I definitely can't have had my share of apartments. And it was like, all right, this is this is nice. This is where you are now. But there comes to be a point. I think anytime you're living in a in an apartment, it's just like, all right, I got I gotta get out of here. I just feel like a fresh start's a good idea. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm kind of starting this thing with her and like that whole thing, and it's like kind of like I don't know, maybe just press refresh on the whole thing. 
I uh, did. I woke up. Uh, this is going to sound like a humble brag, and it's not. Here it is. It's going to sound like a humble brag, and it's not. What do you got, dude? My back has been killing me for a couple of days, and it's good. Dude, we broke our bed. <laughs> like I broke the frame of my bed. Well, I didn't break it. She kind of broke it, and so like I, I, it was like dipped in the middle. Like, you know, because the crossbars of the frame, like, broke all the way uh, out. Oh, okay. And so, like, everything was kind of, like, folding into the middle. So, like, my back killed. So Jeez, then dude. Yesterday, yeah, no. <laughs> so, yesterday, I, I had to, like, throw the frame away. Like, I t- like I just walked it out of the front door. I was like, dude, it was broke. Like, Done. there was no fixing it. I already ordered another one from, like, okay. the Ashley Home Store. But it's not being delivered till like, the week of the 15th. Oof. So are you just sleeping like mattress on the floor style right now? Bro, college dorm. Man. <laughs> Bro, college dorm. Dude, I was crushing bush lights on my head last night. I was just, I was like, she came over last night. She goes, what happened? I was like, what do you mean what happened? You broke the goddamn bed. I had to throw the frame out so my back doesn't like, you know, crack in half. And, you know, she was just like, Jesus. She's like, this is. And I said to her, I was like, you can't judge me. You're not allowed to make fun. I was like, it's not like you came over here for the first time and I just don't know I'm supposed to have a right, bed frame. Right. And she was like, oh, come on. She's like, you look like a freshman in college. I was like, you did this. So she's like riding my ass about it all last night. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't get to break the goddamn bed and then blame me for it. So, Very yeah, funny. like I said, sounds like a humble brag. Not really. <laughs> no, dude. You're sitting here like, like, like bent over and sore, right? Like it's not a humble brag when you're like, oh man, I had sex and now I'm hurting. Yeah. No, that's 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 not a I know. humble brag. Dude, I told at her, all. I was like, dude, you gotta get this under control. Like you gotta like you know, it's bad enough. My neighbors already, they they all know everybody. She's like loud. And like the bed broke. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Neighbors back, all sorts of issues you've got going yeah, on. Yeah, I got to get out of there, man. <laughs> like you I, do have I to I got to get out of my there. apartment. I got to get you out of do. this horrible conversation as well. Every single hour on the program, <laughs> your shot at $1,000. Let's do the first one right now. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. $1,000 up for grabs shortly after 7 a.m. this morning. We'll get into that. Fantone and I have been in agreement on something since the beginning of this program. And that is that we believe that marijuana should be readily available to adults who want it. That we don't that we believe it's no more harmful than a lot of other things we allow adults to do. But I'd like to be fair to conversations. And I don't want to just sell my narrative, as you know, that's the word everybody likes to use, without examining the other side. Now, to be fair. I have said, as as a proponent of legalization, I have said that I believe, me personally, believe that one of the biggest lies this country has ever put out into the world is marijuana is not addictive. Of course, yes, it is. Anything that you put in your body that alters your state of mind that much is addictive. If sugar can be addictive, which it totally is, then so can marijuana. You're not going to put something in your body that changes you on that level and not have it show addictive properties. Now people say, no. And I always say, okay, well, if marijuana left your system at the rate that cocaine does, which is normally like 72 hours, your body would go through the withdrawal. And for those of you who think I'm not addicted, it's like, okay, remember the last time you ran out of weed, you're probably running through your house looking for that last little bit. I know I hit it somewhere. Yeah. Welcome to drug addiction, bro. That's you being addicted to drugs. And even like people will tell me all the time on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, no, it's not. But then when I talk to friends who use, they'll tell you, yeah, dude, if you kept that away from me, I would be in a, I would be in a terrible mood. Yeah, I mean, 
it's just it's funny because it's like both extremes are lying so blatantly about this. It's not necessarily reefer madness, nor is it like, dude, I'm a better driver when I'm high. That's it's so like dumb. you're addicted, you're impaired. No, you're not. No, you're like, not. So like both both sides have have to have to own some of that lying right there. And just because you can be addicted to something doesn't mean we should we should keep it away from you. Right. Again, we don't keep sugar away from you. And welcome to that. Yeah, I'm addicted to coffee for sure. For sure you are. Absolutely you are. I am too. But there is a new study out that claims marijuana may be worse for teenage brains than alcohol. Because hmm. you and I will normally do that. We'll, we'll put those two things side by side because I'm hmm. like, well, dude, you know, you, you know, look at what alcohol has done and this and that. I, I don't think marijuana is that much worse or probably on par with that. And we allow adults to have that, right? right? But scientists at the University of Montreal have done a research and found how weed is affecting the brain development over time, and they say regular marijuana users, especially those who begin using it earlier in their lives, which is, I'm guessing, for people who do it, is most of them. Okay. You're probably more likely to try stuff the younger you are, right? Yeah. We're far more likely to suffer repercussions in their thinking ability. Okay? They followed 3,800 adolescents from around, like, 31 schools over four years. Okay. The teens who started in the study around age 13 agreed to provide the team with annual reports of marijuana and alcohol use frequency and took computer-based tests that measured recall, perceptional reasoning, inhibition, and short-term memory. Okay. Now, the short-term memory jokes about marijuana use, those didn't fall out of the sky, right? There's a reason why everybody who makes those jokes in TVs and movies, there's a reason why it gets a laugh. Because it didn't fall out of the sky. It's because people recognize it in their lives. Okay? So they told these kids, look, we're not going to tell your parents. Okay? Now, the study concluded that marijuana affected teenagers' long-term cognitive abilities more than alcohol use. And even after students reported stopping the cannabis use, their cognition did not improve. You're skeptical. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that, you know, these numbers are legit. I don't think that this is like, well, dude, this is the big alcohol industry trying to bring marijuana down. In my in my estimation, I think there's definitely going to be negative, especially the younger you start, dude. I mean, if you start at 12 years old, if you start at 13 years old, that like, yeah, there's going to probably be some negative repercussions because your brain's not done function or done like 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 maturing yet. So I, I see where that could be. I just have to assume that. If we're, if we're getting down to it, like long-term marijuana use versus long-term alcohol abuse, I can't see how marijuana is going to negatively impact it more than alcohol. Like if you're drinking every day, dude, that does mess with your brain. Like it, you do. Like there is a, there is a loss of functionality there that I, I don't, oh, sure there is. That I don't sure. necessarily see in long-term marijuana use. I wonder if this continued into adulthood where it's easier to be an alcoholic. If that would still be the same thing. I don't think high schoolers, it's easy to be an alcoholic in high school. It's easy to be a pothead in high school. Uh, marijuana is probably more readily available to you. It was so easy for me to get weed in high school. It was so hard to get alcohol yeah. because there was somebody with checking IDs. Where drug dealers don't check IDs. I don't care. Do you think about what we just said? I mean, think about that. Because if you're a parent, what do you want? You want it hard for you. You want it to be difficult for your kids to get these things. All the more reason you should want legalization. So yeah, I mean, you were, you were, you were, you had to hit up somebody's older brother. You had to stand outside the gas station, like just desperately hoping that the guy wasn't gonna like call the cops on you yeah. or whatever. And like, dude, you get weed, no problem. That's a that's a great point. 
They also found that compared with non-users, those who use marijuana frequently were more likely to have slightly lower scores of tests on memory, learning new information. Now, that's the scary part. Like forgetting something, you know, from a couple of days ago, whatever, but not but having problems learning new information would like that kind of bothers me. Higher level thinking involving problem solving and processing information that that was all affected. They say cannabis causes cognitive impairment and delayed cognitive development in adolescence. And it showed that early marijuana use has a lasting effect on cognitive ability. The longer term social implications of marijuana use in teens is not more well known. They did find, though, 60% less likely to graduate from high school or college than those who never use. But see, again, once you start throwing in and college, because think okay. about how many kids don't go. Weren't going to go anyway. Just talk to me about the high school. Because that's, I mean, dude, a lot of kids aren't going to college no matter what is going on in their life. Yeah, and I don't necessarily view that like. That's causation there, where it's like, yeah, I'm sure that kids who are more likely to drop out and not go to college and not have a good home life or whatever are more likely to use weed. But it's not those aren't weeds, not the reason why they're not going to college. It's they're not going to college. That's why they found weed. It's because, like, I don't have opportunity in front of me. Well, of course, I'm just going to sit around and take bong reps. Well, I'm not studying for the SATs because I'm not going to school. You know what I mean? I think you're right. Yeah, I I, I, I do. I I, think you're right. I, I don't know if I agree with that there. Another study from 2017. It's from the University of Montreal as well, suggests that a link between frequent marijuana use in adolescence and psychotic symptoms may be largely caused by depression. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like people who, again, so many people who use marijuana are using it to self-medicate. Oh, yeah. A lot of it is, a lot of people use it for anxiety. You're not going to the you know doctor to get Xanax or whatever the other drugs are for that, and so you're self-medicating. And... I, 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 I 100% buy into if you already have underlying issues is a marijuana addiction, especially today's marijuana, the super potent stuff. Is, yeah. is that is that going to be enough to like and I don't want to say trigger, but is that going to be enough to like start that start that bo- that 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 snowball downhill? Yeah, dude, for sure. Accelerate that snowball downhill, sure, dude. Would. Yeah, yeah. I agree. If you've already got issues, man, I think anytime you start self medicating with your own drugs, there's definitely a possibility that that psychosis or whatever can be you know pushed forward. Now, here is what I found very interesting. This is the stat I found very interesting because more and more states are starting to legalize, right? All right. So they found. That 5.9% of 12th graders report daily use of marijuana that last year. 5.9. I would have guessed way higher. You mean to tell me it's 6% of 12th graders are are using it daily? Yeah, I, I think if I think that I think the number you're looking for would probably be weekly, monthly, and you'd be like, okay, there's the 45, 55 percent. But daily usage, because you got to think like it's, it's expensive, and it's not as easy as you, as you and I, where we have our own houses and lives, and we can kind of go do whatever we want. I mean, these kids got to hide it from their parents. They got to be at home at a certain time. They got football practice till a certain time. So, okay, so, so a little right. bit, a little bit tougher. You're right. If they gave me the weekly or monthly, there would be the numbers that I know are true. Yeah, you the, are absolutely Saturday right. night smoker. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But here's what I find interesting. It was 5.9% last year. That's up from only 5.1% 10 years ago. So with all the legalization, all the stuff that's going on, it's not... See, again, the, the fear of what will happen isn't happening. If you're gonna do it, if you want to try it, if you're if you're gonna dabble your toes into it or jump all the way in the pool, you're gonna do it. Okay. I don't I don't think it matters. Okay, I agree with that. 
But the problem is, is that somebody who disagrees with you and I and our stance on this is going to fight back and go, well, isn't that the same thing that we're going to say about cocaine? That if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. So just put it on the store shelf. I guess if nothing else, we can definitely look at the at the negative you know consequences that cocaine usage has on people's lives versus the negative consequence that marijuana use has on people's lives. Fair. And I think I think you should be able to look at those two things and differentiate between the two. And realize that not all drugs are created equal. Certainly not, dude. And that's a part of it, dude, is respecting drugs and like understanding them as you do them. I think that's a big part of the problem is people just jump in like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And it's like, dude, you don't know how powerful that is. You don't know you don't know what you're dealing with here. And I guess you can only find out through experimentation and flirtation and like doing these things, but they're not all the same. To me... I would lump this in with booze in, in, in the same regard as this. I don't want my kid doing either. Like, I don't want my kids doing either. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? If you're in 10th grade, I don't want you getting blacked out drunk, nor do I want you smoking weed. It's my job as a parent to keep you off this stuff as, hu- as long as humanly possible. Now, I'm not naive. All right? So I don't believe that I'm going to be the one guy who escapes, you know, teenage right. problems. You know what I mean? I don't have any children. My chick does it. She's got two. She's got a 14-year-old. And so, but again, I'm not involved yet. But my guess is she's not going to escape this. She's not going to be the one parent in America that doesn't have to walk through this line. Nobody does. Exactly yeah, of right. Of course. I mean, like, what are your kids going to party and have sex? Oh, my God. Never would have thought that. Exactly like, yes, right. Like everyone else on the face of the planet has done. But think about how many people you know that you went to high school with that maybe tried marijuana, used it in high school, and then got out and were like, I don't do that anymore. No, fine. Yeah. The amount of people I know who say to me, God, I haven't done that since I was in high school, is a lot. Is a lot. So I, I just, the fear of this is what I don't understand. Now, I was smacked in the face with, with really wanting legalization not that long ago. You know why I want, I've always said this. I, I would like to stop feeling like a criminal this late into my life. Right. I would really like that over something that I feel like is innocuous. Like, right. what's the big deal, right? But I also need to get that 25 minute. Hey, I'm over here to pick this up, uh, you know, friendly conversation. And then, you know, you get there. Oh, sorry, man. My guy didn't come yet. And like this and that. And it's like, God damn, if I could just go into the store, hand over my debit card, this would be a, like when I was in Vegas, people were like, oh, my God, it's going to be like three times as much. Yeah, but I'm done now. Like, I don't have to be friends with the person over the counter. Yeah. And it wasn't that much more. Right. I mean, I forget what it was, but I remember thinking to myself like, oh, dude, if they did this in Ohio, I would be perfectly OK with it. Like, you know, usually, I mean, depending on who your drug dealer is, you're going to get like the friends and family discount. And from what I can, I think in Colorado, it's like standard prices of like, yeah, it's $50 for an eighth of premium stuff. Like that's standard par for the course. That's what weed costs. I remember like I, well, I, th- I think I got two grams a, a, I bought, because again, I was in Vegas, I bought the pipe and a lighter, and I think it was like a hundred bucks, like somewhere just underneath, like a, like a hundred dollars. It wasn't that bad. As, um, as, as we kind of sit here, and this is obviously a changing of the tide in America and really the world, too. I mean, you, you, you look at, at, at different countries and how it's all happening. More and more studies have to come out like this, but I just, I, I, I don't want it to... It, you, you don't want it to go to either of those extremes that we talked about earlier. The, eh, weed's fine, it's perfect, it's sure. medicine, you're going to be fine, or the, it's going to kill you. Hopefully we can find common sense in these things. I always like the analogy Fantone uses on marijuana, which is it's well within the guidelines of other things we allow adults to do. You can go and pay somebody and jump out of an airplane today, right? and that you always use that one, and yeah. I like it. Like If I can do that, then Good. why can't I do this? And I don't know what's standing in the way of it. 
I, I mean, dude, Oregon did it, and it's 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 fixing a lot of things there. Vegas did it; it's fixing a lot of things there. Seattle, all these places have done it and have seen not that much. Actually, I haven't really. What has been the negative story? I'm waiting to hear one. Out of all the states that have, that have legalized, I'm waiting for the "Oh my God, we should have never done this" story, and it's never there. It's time to get over your fear. And it's time to like open your arms and realize jobs are coming with this. You're, you, you, there's probably more money coming into your community over this. It's just going to get out of your own way. We all get to get high. It's going to be great. <laughs> what are we waiting for? And the, here's the big one. Like we already said at the beginning of this conversation, it was harder for us to find alcohol in high school than it was weed. Think about that. And legalization will help do that. It will help make it harder for people who should not have it to get it. I can't think of a better reason to put it on the store shelf. I can't believe what I read Play-Doh is doing, and I hope this story's fake. Okay. I really hope this Play-Doh story's fake. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 7 o'clock, we'll pass out another $1,000. Also, 7.30, get you hooked up with those Mushroom Med tickets. Their show, October 27th, world-famous Cleveland Agora. Get you into that. Dude, poop's gone mainstream. Really? Yeah, it's gone mainstream. Okay. Now, I'm guessing this is because of the emoji. Okay. On people's phones. Everybody started using the poop emoji. Remember, at first they tried to lie and say it was chocolate ice cream. And then everybody knew. It's like, nah, we know what you're up to. This is the poop emoji. And yesterday, we pointed you to a story that's up at our website where a woman's making things out of moose poop. She makes products out of moose poop and sells them. So poop's going mainstream. Okay. Well, it's really, I mean, it's something we all share. So yeah, like there's no denying. I don't think poop's like an underground phenomenon, like the cult classic poop. Well, I believe everybody poops. <laughs> okay. Right? Isn't all that right. the name of the book? I it don't know. I never, I never had to read that one. And I thought this story was fake yesterday, but, I, but from what I understand, maybe not. As Play-Doh now is putting out its playset called the Poop Troop. Where it's kind of like Mr. Potato Head, ex, ex, they say, but instead of plastic potato body, you stick the arms, eyes, and other you know pieces into the emoji-like poop swirl mm. that Play-Doh's giving you. Poop troop. Gross. Well, what the hell is the matter with people? Now, at the end of the day, kids think poop is hilarious. I mean, poop is kind of funny, but like kids in particular think that poop is hilarious. So like, there's an audience for it. I think this is more going to be adults. I think this is more going to be the 26-year-old in your office who's like, oh, my God, the poop emoji is so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. my God. And then that, like the chick in your office who wears too many buttons, she's okay. going to have the poop troop on her desk. Yeah, there probably will be a little bit of that. And there's no doubt that, like... Personalization of desks at work is weird. People are going to be like, cut the BS and point at their poop emoji thing and be like, cut the BS. It's like, like, you, know. Do you know who this is for? The same person who has an easy button on their desk. Oh, my God, I have an easy button. Easy. Okay. It, it's the same person who thinks that's funny. Yeah, yeah. There will be... I mean, there's no doubt that hackery is a part of this. And I think immaturity is a part of this. For sure. But, like... It's going to sell, right? Oh, God, yeah. So uh, the only the only thing I can look at it and be like, all right, this is this is the problem that I see with it is inevitably some kid is going to think it's okay to play with their poop because of this, where they're going to like take a turd out of their diaper and start putting those eyeballs on it. And that's that's where I'm, I'm seeing like the eh, there's going to be some pushback, but kids are going to do that anyway, right? 
Uh, well, this kid did this. <laughs> well, dude, I think I think there's plenty of examples of like kid gets in their diaper, smears it on the wall, or something like that. Like that's not unheard of. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, when I was growing up, I lived next door to uh, two brothers, and we were we were all friends. And their mom had to, like had like let it out of the bag once that those that those two would do that a lot. Like they would just get and, like <laughs> they would just like throw poop back and forth at one another, and they they she just would have to like yeah handle the bat like wipe the walls down the bathroom like a lot. And I remember thinking to myself, even as a kid, I remember thinking to myself, what the hell's mentally wrong with you? <laughs> what are you guys doing over there? What the hell are you doing? I was at um I was at this was within the last week or two. I was at a store, a, a big one, and well, let's not name it. Uh, well, I will not, but um. There was this old dude and a younger woman, and they were kind of like arguing. And you could tell the younger woman was getting impatient. Is this father daughter or I, a guy? I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think okay. I think this was father daughter, but we're talking like seventy year old father, forty year old daughter. Oh, okay. So right. well into okay. well into adulthood here. And I, at first, I'm like, what? Like, lady, what are you being so mean to your dad for? Like, what do you what are you doing? And I looked over. Dude had crap. All down him, dude. Like you could tell, he had just crapped himself, oh, and like it's, uh, dude, it was so sad. And there was, like, I'm like, what do I do here? What do I point and left? I, oh no, I just walked away. It was just like there's no, there's no way to interject positively here. But he's just like walking through it, essentially like the checkout of a major store, crap running down his leg there. So the fake, like, a social media outrage on the Play-Doh poop set's already out. Like people, okay. are like, Jesus Christ, dragging down the societal standards. Yeah. It's like, guys, come That's on, it it's just a piece of. <laughs> Plastic, but poop's going mainstream, bro, and I'm not sure I like it. I also don't like how many times I had to say poop. <laughs> I just every time I have to say that word, I feel like I'm five years old. Like I just don't enjoy saying that word. I don't know. I don't know if I'd buy that for my kid though. Hey, your kid at twelve, dude. I want the poop playset, dude. You guys are sitting there farting, laughing at each other. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I think plenty of kids are gonna get it for Christmas. God, that just sounds like a terrible relationship <laughs> with my kid. We're just sitting there farting, see, see who can make each other the most miserable by smells. Jesus, you got a twisted outlook in parenthood, my man. That is twisted. Your shot at a thousand dollars is next on Rock One Hundred Six. At iHeartMedia, we know that marketing to your customers is a challenge businesses of all sizes share. We can help. Not only does radio reach ninety three percent of Americans every week, more than Facebook, Google, and even television. But recently, privacy concerns have forced social media platforms to scale down their advertising options, while radio is expanding its reach and targeting through the iHeartRadio app every day. Visit iHeartMedia.com to learn more. Again, visit iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM to work for your company. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. You're about to get hooked up with $1,000 here momentarily. We'll give you another keyword. You text it to 200-200. You get a bunch of money. I got to tell you, dude, I could use 1000 bucks right now. Yeah, no doubt, man. We spend it on $1,000. What are we, 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 we doing with it? Honestly, right now, bed. Probably. It's time. I need a new one of those. I'm thinking king. Time to upgrade. I mean, just like anything else, you can find them for cheap and you can find them for expensive. Yeah, but, like, but I'd rather spend a little bit of money. In the world of beds, yeah, you probably do want to throw a little bit of money at it. Um, you want to get something that's going to last and something that's going to like help you sleep. So it's worth it's worth an investment for sure. Yeah, that would probably be part of it. Um, she wants to have dinner at Bender's tomorrow, so we're going to do that. I probably would throw a little bit of it at that. So, but yeah, bed probably. That's like the thing I need at the house the most. But we're not allowed to have the money. We have to give it to you. I don't know why I'm sitting here going, well, I'd buy this, I'd buy that. Nice thousand dollars. What would he do? So yesterday I was laying around in my in my bed and uh, I got the presidential alert. 
I got it on my phone. Okay. Oh my God, the president's now texting us. Now, I mean, social media went bananas with this yesterday. Now, none of the memes of people changing the message were funny. Not one. I haven't seen. Like, I saw a bunch of radio guys. Presidential alert. Listen to me tomorrow from 3 to 7 on, you know, KISW. Oh, KISW. Like, oh, my, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Iowa's home for the hottest hits. Make sure you're listening to my Jesse gosh. Cage and the Rock Show on Rock 105. I love Jesse, but, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> right? Super Tuesday. Good God. Were we just screaming radio crap? Twin spins <laughs> from your presidential. You know, I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. What is happening? What is happening right now? Touch None of those were funny. Notes. Not a one of them were funny. Okay. But my phone did get it. Yeah. And I'm thankful for it. I saw this a lot yesterday from like extreme leftists. The red menace just force-fed my phone a message. You know what I hope happens? I hope an earthquake happens and you don't get the alert and you get trampled underneath the building. They've been working on this for years. And at the end of the day, it's a good system, right? What are you afraid of it for? It's You're, you're worried somebody's going to alert you about problems that are happening? I don't get it. I don't understand the fear of this. You're going to have to help me, Fantone. I don't get it. I, I guess it's this isn't necessarily like anything to do with President Trump to me, but like if your problem with this is is this was an example of they Big Brother is watching. Okay, I get that. Well, I isn't do. the Ambler Alert that then, too? I mean, y- yes. Now, if we're going to get into that territory, it's like, well, then isn't the Amber Alert? Isn't the concept of you having a phone, period, inviting Big Brother into your house? Yes. yes. But that wasn't the argument that was being being proposed yesterday. No, like, it's you hate this president and you right. don't want him to have your nut or whatever. So, like, I think there is I think there is a little bit of me yesterday that was like, yeah, I can definitely see how this could be good. I don't know exactly because of, like, let's say, worst case scenario, it's another 9-11. The president texting me in Iowa is going to, I don't know, but the the issue to me is like, well, is this a bigger problem of like they're watching in on us? But we've crossed that bridge, in my opinion. To me, it was more than that. It was, what do they think is coming on a national level that they're right? Because you're right. 9-11 happens in New York. What does somebody in Des Moines need to know right now for? So it's like, what are the threats that are out there that you don't want us to know about? That you're like, well, we might have to tell everybody real fast. Right. Everybody all at once. Even like a natural right. disaster is a localized thing, dude. Earthquake, fine. Hurricane, fine. But like, that's not what it's going to be used for. It's not going to be used for like, hey, Hurricane Katrina's coming. You guys better get out of there. There's other systems man in place for Manhunts and stuff that. like that, right? A nationwide manhunt where everybody in a, from, from Alaska to the t- bottom of Florida needs to know about? All right, I've seen too many movies. I, I, I just don't. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I just can't. I can't. That's one of the things where I'm like, well, wh- what is this for? What are we going to use this for? Like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But again, from what I was told, this was actually all being worked on pre-Trump's presidency. That they had been working on this since well before that. This isn't like a Trump thing. But everybody wants to make everything political. Now, John McAfee, who, if okay. you know, is like he's like a cybersecurity expert, mm-hmm. but he's also a loon. Mm-hmm. He's a lunatic. Like, if you watch his, like, YouTube videos and, like, his, you know, Twitter feed and stuff, he's nuts. But he tweeted this yesterday. The presidential alerts, they are capable of accessing the emergency 911 chip in your phones, giving them full access to your location, microphone, camera, and every function of your phone. 
This is not a rant. This is from me, still one of the leading cybersecurity experts. Wake up, people. Now, maybe I'm a pessimist. Some people tell me I am. But they already have that, right? Like, the government's powerful enough to get into my phone before this thing happened, right? What? Yeah, I mean, are you asking me if if the U.S. government is more powerful than Verizon? (laughs) Yeah, probably. If my neighbor's kid (laughs) can hack this thing... Then I would hope the Pentagon could, right? Like, if my neighbor's kid can do it, I hope the Pentagon can do it. Like I said, I mean, now that's on an individual level of like, okay, your neighbor's kid can get into your phone or whatever. Like, the cops can figure out where you were by triangulating the device and finding out where this is. But this is nationwide, everyone's phone. If it, it, I understand, I understand that concern. I do. I just think that we've crossed the bridge. I mean, like it's it, it's 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 as the Titanic, as Leo and uh, and Kate Winslet or whatever are sitting on that door. It's like one of them saying, "Oh, there's an iceberg over there." It's like, yeah, dude, we're in the ocean already. We know. Donnie writing in says, "I look at it this way: If we had this for 9/11, could more people have been saved?" And they can do this in areas like New York. Program started in around 2011. He said, first test was 2012 in Alaska." I guess if you're, I guess if you're like specifically going to use it in like, hey, this geographical region's facing this, and and this is how we're going to use it. I guess isn't this just an update of a system we already had, and they're just forcing it to the new to, to the technology you're using more often? Now this is going to fly. Uh, uh, this hurts. This will hurt my business in the end. But isn't this that you're more attached to your phone than you were than you are to your radio like you used to be? And that the emergency broadcast system used to come over there, and now they're just going to make sure they get it to you where you always are? Yeah, I mean, more than your radio, more than your TV, you have your phone with you. That's the truth. I mean, no, For sure. one, no one can deny that. My phone was my phone was across the room. I was actually taking a nap, and that's what woke me up, is that I heard that, that god-awful noise. And you can turn the Amber Alert off in your phone. You can, like, you can go to your options and make it to where you don't get those. So I would imagine you'd be able to do the same thing for this. But this isn't about the president. This is about, and, and again, for those people, the red menace was you know, force-feeding me stuff. It's like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. And I honestly, I hope something happens, and I hope you can't get out of the way of it if you're going to complain. And I'm not worried about the government being in my phone, because honestly, I don't think the government would allow us to have phones until they were able to see everything we were doing. I think they They're were there. able to, right. They, they knew you where you were. They knew they were tracking you when it was a flip phone. And here's why that's okay. Are you doing anything interesting enough to the federal government? No, you're not. Most of us are not. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. We're not influenced. We're, we're not influential enough. I don't know if I can say I don't care, but I'm not going to change my behavior. You know what I mean? Like you don't I'm not care get, enough I'm not for getting that. rid of my phone. You know what I mean? Like I accept it, I guess. Most things, even games you you like accept to add on your phone will tell you, "Hey, we're watching this. Hey, we're accessing your microphone. Hey, we're doing all this." I mean, everything you do but Fantone's right. We don't care. No. We'll just keep doing it. Just make my phone more fun. Right. Make it more convenient. I want to play Golf Rival. Do you give me the things, right? That's all that's all it is. Oh my god, Candy Crush. Yeah, you can have my microphone and have access to all my friends and then hack my phone. We don't care. We just want to have fun. But I hope something happens. You can't get out of the way of it. I hope the Red Menace <laughs> does something and I hope we all get to know. Bunch of sissies making it all political. I can't believe this president can do stuff to me. Oh, my God. You just a bunch of whiny crybabies. $1,000 up for grabs every hour. Your next one is right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. 
you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's luck to 200-200-69. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. I just realized that tomorrow is the first Friday for October. This year flew by. Yeah, somebody said something to me like, oh, man, we're in the last quarter of the year and blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, you know, everyone's going to kind of shut down shop for the holidays. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? There's plenty of time left. And I'm like, no, it's not, dude. Like, it's October, bro. Not that much time left at all. No. It'll be Christmas shopping before you know it. You should probably get on it now. You should probably start now. That way you're not broke in January. Jeez. This year just flew. I have no idea where this year went. Being popular in high school is important. Okay. And I think important to you while you're in high school. I'm not sure it's so important once you get out, but when you're in it, it's like it feels like the most important thing in the world to you. Everything is the most important thing in the world in high school, man. Like literally every party, every 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 you know kiss, every everything, and it's just what you hang your whole ha- you know life on. And no, but you're right. It, there, there is something that to it. You you want to be popular. No, I was not popular or unpopular. I was probably just more like I knew everybody. I was comfortable hanging out with, with everybody well enough. Um, but I didn't really want to be hanging out with everybody. And so like, I didn't go out of my, I really didn't, I I, I didn't, I didn't, so I didn't go out of my way to be popular. I didn't really want to be popular. It always felt like so much work to be popular. Yeah. And, and I, so I didn't care enough about it. Right. But to a lot of teenagers, this is like the most important thing in the world. And they'll go to great lengths to make sure that they're popular. And one of the ways you can tell when kids are popular is, are you homecoming queen? Are you homecoming king? Right. Like those kind of things. Were you ever any of those? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't ever on like the the royal court of the anything like court. that. Um, but like you know, senior year they vote most likely. I won a bunch of those. I I mean, I'd be a liar to say I wasn't popular. I I think it's true. I was. And I mean, I played I played sports and I did things and I was involved and like I think everyone knew me and I hosted stuff and like so I was well known at the very least I guess. Yeah, I mean I was well known. My brother kind of carried uh, his own legacy and when I, by the time I got to high school it was like oh that's Dave's little brother. Like I got so I kind of had that and uh, so I was really popular actually when I was in ninth and tenth grade and then as all the older classmen started to graduate all the people in my class who saw me got to go to like senior parties when I was a freshman started to hate me because they were like you know now all my friends who were like basically just wanted to make sure my brother didn't hate them like were, you know were they taking me to stuff right. and doing all that stuff that there was a little jealousy that happened after that happened, you know, after they started to graduate. But I didn't really care about being popular. I still don't really care, which is strange for when you think about what my business is, but I don't really care about it. Well, it's like caring about being cool. If you care about it too much, you never will be. You'll never be cool. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't care that much. So in Michigan, one girl was trying to become homecoming queen so bad that she was like, you know what? I need to bribe other kids with votes. I, I, I need to bribe them for their votes. Your next chance for $1,000 is coming up soon. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Exactly right. Bribing people so you're popular. Okay. Right? And she wanted to be homecoming queen so bad that she was willing to do anything in the world to get these votes. All right. And what she decided to do was make pop brownies and pass them out to kids in school to get their votes. Apparently, she baked them for the football players and gave them to them. Yeah. Because, again, in high school, if you get the football players, then the rest of the school comes with it. Yeah. Those are always the cool kids in class. They're always cool. Even outside of Star County, you play linebacker, at a, you know what I mean, for a high school football team, most kids in school are like, oh my God, that's Joey. Right? It seems weird, but they're your whole world. That's it's the whole thing. But this is crazy. Like, this is this is how far this competition is going now? 
I don't know. Was this not happening other times in history? Maybe not pop brownies, but no, pop brownies have always been around. There's some sort of like, hey, you know, I've got access into something. Like whether it's, you know, hey, I'll buy all, I'll buy all the beer for this party. Just make sure you vote for me. I feel like that's happened before. Oh yeah, I would imagine. Now, if I know, well, I was, I was putting it through this filter. Now I don't have children. But if I did, and the principal called me and said, hey, your daughter wanted to be homecoming queen so bad, I'd be like, stop! I don't want to hear hear the rest of it! Stop! It was her and the football team doing what? Stop! Don't tell me. That's exactly where I went with it, where I was like, all right, well, that's what it's got to be. Yeah, like it was going to be like, welcome to sex clubs for being homecoming queen. Which, by the way, if she was passing that out, she probably would have been homecoming queen. I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't take that advice. That's terrible. Am I, am I going to be happy about this? And honestly, we're probably right in the middle of homecoming season right now. I would assume most high schools around here, you're four or five weeks into high school football. It's probably, I would think. It's probably about that time. I mean, I well, think. I, again, I got that mural in that parking lot next to me, and there was oh, a bunch yeah. of families out there taking pictures of it last oh, yeah. week. I, th- I think, honestly, one of the schools might have been last week here. I um, we were at dinner. I think it was last year, and it was about this time. And it's homecoming, and all these you know homecoming high school couples. And my girlfriend's like, "Oh my god, look at that dress, Matt! Look at that, Matt! Look at that!" And I'm like, "Megan, stop making me look at high school girls, dude! I'm going to end up on a list." And she's like, "Out with me, like look at that!" And I'm like, "No." Fair. What is she doing that for? Because she doesn't. Think, because she's just like, "Oh hey, I like the pretty dresses," and I'm like, "Megan, I can't do that." Yeah, like, they're not. They're not a sexual being to right, her. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, no, we, we got to build some separation here. Yeah, that's creepy. That is creepy. Yeah, I can't. You can't be checking out high school chicks. You cannot. No, that's not good. But yeah, I was like, this is bad, and I don't want my kids doing this. But like, for all the things daughters could be doing to high school football players to get popular, I think bacon weed brownies is probably like, all right, well, if you're gonna make any mistakes, that's the mistake I'm all right with you making. Jeez. I have a list of the most googled health problems broken down by state. Okay. There's some weird stuff going on in Wisconsin. Okay. Like, dude, Wisconsin, <laughs> like, right. Wisconsin, dude, I got my eye on you. Like, you think I think people who are sweaty are guilty. <laughs> Wisconsin <laughs> is guilty of all kinds of stuff. I'm going to give you all that after we hook you up with these Mushroom Head tickets. They're playing October 27th. World-famous Cleveland Agora. We'll send caller number 20 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. And again, what the hell is going on in Wisconsin next on Rock 106.9? Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock, pass out another $1,000. Also, we'll have uh, some Ghoul Brothers House of Horrors tickets for you in the 8 o'clock hour as well. Nice. Also, Baker Mayfield has some interesting things to say about your Cleveland Browns. We got that audio. We'll uh, let you take a listen to what Baker had to say. Coming up at 8 o'clock. So... I saw this map of the United States, and uh, it showed me what is the most Googled health problems, like people trying to figure out what's going on right? by state, okay? Now, Fantone and I have both lived in California, right? So we'll, we'll start there at California. I thought this was a very odd one for such a large state full of so many people that I would have thought it would have been a more common problem. Okay. But sweaty palms was the number one Googled health issue in the state of California. Okay. Now that sounds strange. I would have thought it would have been something around an STD. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to go with plastic surgery, but are, 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 are we are we just buying into what is the common California stereotype where Maybe. you and I have talked about it a, a million times where, yeah, okay, there's Los Angeles and there's a bajillion people there, and but there's a whole other part of that state that isn't necessarily uh, the, 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 the left coast liberal haven that you think it is. That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. So another place that Fantone has lived was Michigan. And according to this map, Michigan's most Googled health problem was a stuffed nose. All right, stuffy I'm, nose. I'm just surprised. Why, what, like, what are you Googling it for? Like, we, we know what the answers are. It's, you know, it's Afrin and like go and get one a nasal spray and you're done. Um, I think a lot of people, even common sense stuff. Uh, look for number one look for like the worst case scenario you, you know you hear you hear a stampede and you think zebras instead of horses where it's like oh my gosh i have a stuffy nose i bet you i'm dying like i bet you i am i gotta google this uh, okay so I, I think there's some of that and then i think there's also a little bit of a lot of people don't necessarily have access to day-to-day health care where it's like i can go to my doctor and be like yo doc stuff he knows this is the problem what and do i do here yeah well and i've got the money to be like okay i'll pay my deductible and we'll get in a prescription and do these things i think a lot of people are looking for home treatments for common problems and that's probably where a lot of this comes into play ah uh, yeah you're probably right so i've lived in nevada is another place that i have lived okay so i looked at their stomach ache and again i felt like that was a weird one for Nevada or anywhere, really, like it just seems like a weird one. Stomach issues are so common, and uh, often, I've had it my entire life. Often indicative of a bigger problem, whether you have you know uh, Crohn's or whether you have irritable bowel syndrome or whether you have something. I think plenty of people every day on a regular basis either feel nauseous or sick or whatever, and they're looking for that answer. Like, well, is it is it irritable bowels or do I have bowel cancer? Yeah, it's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess you're going to want to, you know, you know, like thin the herd down on what the right. information is and right. try to circle what it is you might have. Oregon, another place that I have lived. Stress was their was their biggest one. And I don't get that at all. Having lived there, that's the one thing that I noticed about it is that people didn't seem to be stressed. That honestly, now I lived in the lower end of the state. I lived in southern uh, southern Oregon, and honestly, the pace of life was so slow and lackadaisical that I was like it, it was honestly it made me a little envious of them because I was at first it annoyed me because I'm like, yeah. yeah, let's pick up the pace. Get out of the way. Come yeah. on, let's go. Right? That Midwest thing. But like there they were like, "No, nah, man, we're, this is West Coast stuff, bro. We're chill here." Like, "Nah, relax and honestly it was kind of nice yes i'm sure it would be kind of nice at the same time i think it would drive me absolutely insane like what do you mean you're not trying to get it done as fast as humanly possible i got other things to do today and it's like no you don't you don't have anything to do but that that mentality i think would grind on me it it, when i first got there it kind of annoyed me and one of my bartenders who worked for me at the time said she's like you keep waking up in a town expecting it to be a city it's never going to be a city so you live in a town just get used to it and uh, then once I kind of put it through that filter, I was like, oh, you know what? She's not wrong. And things right. got actually got a little bit better. Now, normally we would wait for Ohio to be last. Okay. But Wisconsin's up to some weird stuff up there. So we're, we're, we're going we're to save Wisconsin. Okay. In Ohio, just venture a guess. What is the most commonly Googled health issue that people in Ohio are searching for? I'm going to go with something that has to do with lungs, like uh, air, air quality, not good, allergies, so like COPD or something like that. Really? Good guess, but you're a little far off. Okay. Terrible guess. <laughs> Phantom has the worst guess you could have made. Yeah, I was just kind of patting you on the okay. back. For the hell All right. Thanks, for, the, for the hell of it. Just, just <laughs> propping you up for the hell of it. Paleness. And that seems weird. 
Because again, this is most common. Not like, hey, here's the outlier thing people right. were Googling. Most common. Well, and like, I don't necessarily understand what are you Googling paleness as a health ailment for? Like, why am I so pale? Yeah, because you're not out in the sun, right? Yeah, because you, <laughs> you live in a miserable gray place. Like, I don't think there's any... Now, don't get me wrong. If you get nauseous or if you get sick, you're going to go pale for a minute. But, like, I don't think there's any, like, any disease that causes chronic paleness, right? Just go out in the sun. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't think so. No, no I, I, but, but I don't know. So, Wisconsin now. Okay. These weirdos. Cheeseheads up there. I, I would ask you to guess, but you're never going to land on it. Okay. Light colored poop. Most common. I mean, dude, a bunch of people out there just dealing with light-colored poop. So you got to wonder. And again, are we buying into the Wisconsin stereotypes? Okay. But is this because they're just pounding beer all day, and it's just like, you know what I mean? You're just putting booze in your system, and so it's affecting the color. Oh, God. Just beer and cheese and beer and cheese and beer and cheese. Um, I, Right? I, I don't know. I don't know what causes the coloration of poop, because let's be real. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, it can vary in shades just like anything else. So sure like. I would assume it's 100% diet-based, which is kind of what I've always thought is like, well, if I eat something that's a little darker, it's probably going to come out a little darker, but that's probably idiotic. You know what I mean? Like, that, no, I don't that's know. Pro- probably not true. It sounds like it makes a lot of sense, but I don't know how that works. I remember, dude, I can remember the first time in my life where I had seen like discoloration of excrement in my life and I was panicked. I was a little kid, obviously, right? And I remember my parents had people over. And they were um, they were downstairs. It was like, I remember my father was a minister, so they were doing like fellowship study at the house, right? And so like all the people came over and I was upstairs and I was in the bathroom as a little kid and I turn around and, you know, you check out the bowl. You're all proud of yourself, right? Like every kid. Good job. Look, look at me. Pat on the back. Look at me. And it was all green. And I was terrified. I was like, I'm dying. I'm so dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like six years old. So I just like stormed down the steps. I was like, mom, I think I'm dying. And my mom, of course, is like, what? What's happening? What's going on with you? And in front of a house full of people trying to come to the Lord, there I am in the living room, you know, mom, dad, my poop's great. I think I'm going <laughs> to die. And I remember my mom like going back upstairs with me and like trying to calm me down. I was like, I remember thinking in the bathroom, this lady's lying to me. She's trying to calm me down. I know I'm going down. Like the system's over. So as far as poop coloring goes that, I, that I've go. got here, okay, so uh, we'll start off with green poop here. Um, this is the second time we talked about poop this morning. We might have a third, dude. Who knows? <laughs> Guys, it's Thursday. We didn't feel like planning a show at all. No. Okay, so green poop um, is mostly food moving through the large intestine too quickly, whether it's due to diarrhea or stomach upset or whatever like that. The bile doesn't have time to break it down. And green food coloring, green leafy vegetables or a flavored drink is going to... Well, I wasn't leafy vegetables that it did it to me. Change the color there. Who knows? You're sucking down Gatorades or something like that. Ecto cooler, probably. There you go. Perfect answer. Uh, Black stools can be a bit more concerning. Um, Those can indicate a problem with the upper digestive tract. Um, Blood in the stool obviously a problem there as well in common with black if you have like a bleeding ulcer or something like that because what's happening there is the blood's going through your digestive system and you're crapping it out dark also going to be a sign that you've got something wrong with the iron in your body Ooh, yeah you want to get that thing and then light colored poop light to clay colored poop 
Um, you may have problem, and God, clay-colored poop, I'd be concerned about, dude. <laughs> like, that, that would be concerning. Uh, you may have a problem with the drainage of your gallbladder, liver, and pancreas. Um, bile salts are released into stools by your liver, and that's usually what creates the brownness of it, is those bile salts. Um, if, if you don't have those, that can be a problem of like mis- or of, of a malfunctioning liver. Well, welcome to breakfast. <laughs> right? I mean, welcome to it. Wake up, people! Time to go to work! Your shot at a thousand dollars is see. This is why we pay you. <laughs> this is right here. You ever wonder why we're paying you? This right here is why we pay you. Thousand dollars next on the Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Pass out a thousand dollars here momentarily. I love strutting around telling everybody when I'm right. All right. And if I'm going to do that, and I like doing that, and I enjoy doing that, and I don't want to stop doing that, then I have to kind of own up when I'm when I may be wrong. And I think one of the biggest things I may have ever been wrong about is Baker Mayfield. And I hope that Baker Mayfield ends up becoming the biggest thing I'm ever wrong about. See, people think I'm a Browns hater. I'm not. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm hesitant on the Browns. And I thought, I was like, okay, here we go again, right? Two prototypical quarterbacks in the draft and, and, and Darnold and Rosen. And we overthunk the room and we took this kid and he's undersized, not a powerful enough arm. And I fell for all like that kind of stuff, right? And sure enough, Baker looks like he's got a little bit of magic. Now, there were four turnovers last week, and a lot of the national media wants to bury him over it, and I don't think it's fair. I First of all, I don't think that pick six was his fault, and strip sacks are going to happen. He's a rookie. You're going to see turnovers happen. Peyton threw a million picks his first year. So I don't want to bury the kid over four turnovers last week. I don't. I mean, he has taken ownership for all those turnovers, for all those three and outs, for all that, but... Of course, you as the player are going to take that responsibility. It doesn't mean that it's really your fault. No. I agree with you 100% that, like, yeah, there's there's some issues and there's some, like, question of, like, detail work and, and feel of the game. But, like, as a whole, dude, to look at him and, and deny that there's something special going on, you're, you're wrong. You'd be, you'd be crazy, right? And I'm, I'm okay with being wrong, and I think it's all right as long as you're willing to admit it. I want to let you up off the mat here. It's still been six quarters. Doesn't prove that you're right, but it doesn't prove that you're wrong either. Fair you enough. know what I mean? Like, we got to give this some time. Whether you're carving his bust in the Hall of Fame or you're calling him a bust, eh, let's hold on, guys. That's a fair point. Okay? I also think it's a little too early to say Sam isn't going to work out well either. Sure. Right? Way too early on that as well. Right? But Baker's kind of turned me into a fan. I bought a Baker Mayfield t-shirt. I'm going to buy a Baker Mayfield jersey. It is happening. I'm going, I, and I know everybody wants the color rush ones. I like the orange jerseys myself. I'm going to buy an orange Baker jersey. As a matter of fact, probably going to stop at the hall today, their team store, and see if I can grab one there. But he kind of turned me around. Okay. And Baker had some interesting things to say about the Cleveland Browns. We actually have that audio. Let's take a listen. No matter if it's, you know, um, communication, decision-making, the most important things in football, making sure we give our, our team the most opportunities to win, you know, chances to score, putting ourselves in good position. So that's the most important thing. And then after that, what the it's a hell detail. is going on in the background? I don't know. Someone's screaming. <laughs> Someone's screaming. I mean, dude, this is in Berea, right? Like, this is like the media is coming to Baker Mayfield to talk, and dudes are just screaming in the background. Like, what the hell is happening? 
our team the most opportunities to win, you know, chances to score, putting ourselves in good position. So that's the most important thing. And then after that, it's a little detail. You know, we... That goes back to what I always say is like, how can we not professionally have this done where we get quality audio without sound bleeding into it? It's 2018. It's 100% capable of doing, but we, we, uh, you just choose not to do we it. just have some idiot in the background. I had, to, I had to bleep him out because he yelled F this. And it's like, how is that acceptable within the within the parameters of like a press conference? Well, not only that, but Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of the team. So let's put it through our work terms. Right. Right. If we're in a meeting and the boss starts talking, you shut up yeah. and you allow the bo- and so Baker Mayfield do when he's talking, everybody quiet down so the message gets out. Our team the most opportunities to win, you know, chances to score, putting ourselves in good position. So that's the most important thing. And then I get it if it's halftime at the game or if it's the game's just over and a guy's walking by and someone's Locker yelling room. something and you're screaming something. Yeah. You're, you're right, dude. What is this guy doing? What, shut what up. Is, yeah, shut up. You know, chances to score, putting ourselves in good position. So that's the most important thing. And then after that, it's a little detail. You know, we. It's all the little things. We're, we're very, very close to being a great team, but uh, that's it. We're not there yet, and so we have a lot of work to do. Okay. So Baker taking ownership there. You may not have heard it you know, over some of the screen, but he was. He was kind of taking ownership for some of the problems, some of the drops even. Now, again, I always say this. Some lies are polite, okay? And some lies you kind of have to tell in life. And it's, see, people, because of Twitter and all access shows and behind the scenes and real reality TV, that you expect honesty at every turn, which is crazy. That it's part of a quarterback's job to be like, nah, dude, that's on me. That's on me. Because that's what leaders do. Leaders don't point fingers. That, that one's on me, right? And so I kind of like this kid's attitude. And I don't think you can blame him for all the turnovers. But he says there, they're very close to being a great team. And somebody said yesterday, yeah, you're really close. You're a head coach away. That, that's, that's, that's all you are away. Now, great, I don't want to get carried away. I, I think they're a little further away from being great, but they are massively improved from last year. I think Dorsey's done some great things, and, and I still think next year's the year where they're going to come out and they're going to look damn good. Um, they're competitive this year. I don't think they're close to being great. Yeah, I mean Baker Mayfield. You're gonna say what you're gonna say, and you try not to get too, you try not to get too caught up in the you know breaking down words and what does he mean by this. But I do think there's a bit of concern here, and it's probably more indicative of the fan base than it is of the actual team. But okay. as the quarterback said it, like I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna put it on the team here. Um, we're we're skipping steps of the ladder 100. percent Where a lot of Browns fans sitting here with one win, one tie, and two losses are like, no, dude, everything's good. We're getting we're it's gonna be fine. Dude, a whistle in the kick away from 4 and 0. Right. And, and oh, it's just a head coach away or it's just this is just that. Dude, they still haven't proven anything. Like I get it. They look better and yeah, dude, Baker's out there and it feels like the offense got a shot in the arm, but it doesn't matter if you get a shot in the arm. It matters if you win football games. And like I say 1 2 and 1 is a lot closer to 1 and 3 than it is 4 and 0. Well, so we like, agree there. You so, and I agree. So, so 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 I I I understand the enthusiasm. I have it too, dude. I can't tell you how many Baker Mayfield videos I've watched over the past 3 weeks, dude. I'm just sitting there in the daytime sitting on my phone and it's like, "Hey, you watch this Baker video, watch this one." And I'm like, "Hell yeah, dude. Let me see that Baker footage." But you can't you can't you can't skip being a decent football team for being a good football team and you you certainly can't jump for being a crap football team to a great football team without the steps in between. No, I mean he's saying what he's got to say. So right. I you know what I mean? I don't want to bury the kid, but like yes, you're ultimately right. You know but here again. Now I was I was again, not anti Baker, but I was hesitant on that whether or not that was the right pick, right? But I'll tell you what happened Sunday morning when I woke up. 
The game wasn't until 4 o'clock, and I found myself in the in my head, oh. quietly in my head, doing the chant. Like, I was, like, walking through the store, and I could hear the chant in my head. Baker Mayfield. Like, dude, he's got that. He does. He drives your eyes to the T. I wish they were playing tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I dude, I I, I hated the four o'clock game. You're right, dude, because all day I was just like, oh man, Baker Mayfield. When's that kickoff? I, I got I gotta see Baker Mayfield. Gotta get it going. Which God, dude, it just goes to show. And you and I, I feel like are we didn't even want him to play this year. We're logical. We're like we're 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 pretty tempered people, and like we're already sucked back in, dude. The orange and brown glasses are already back on, dude. Where it's like, oh my God, give me that Kool Aid. I'll drink it right now. I told the most optimistic Browns fan ever, our buddy Dustin, yesterday. What we we went and played a little golf in the afternoon. I told him, I was like, bro, I know you're thinking they get a roadie this year, road playoff game this year. I don't think so. But I do think they make the playoffs next year. I, 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 like I said, it's not that I, I don't know why. It's not right because it's not that I don't think that the Browns are better, but. Well, they're obviously better. Yeah, there's no denying but, that. But until that turns into wins, and we've agreed that as you look at the schedule, there's not very many wins left on it. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can sign off on the idea of a team going from three wins one season to eight the next. That's a hard thing to do. It's not, it's not just like, ah, well, it's going to happen for sure. No, I don't think it's for sure, but I think, again, we, and I said this when, when we got them, you get the right GM in there that knows what to do, and things can move a little quicker than normal. Now, I said let after the law, I said on Monday after the loss on Sunday that this team will beat a team that they should not beat. Sure. They're they're going to they're going to steal a game and they'll probably lose one that they should win. Exactly. But if they if he does this cuz I think this is I think this is one of the best teams in the league right now, the Baltimore Ravens, and they're coming into town this week. If he beats Baltimore in First Energy Stadium, bro. Look out, that Baker Mania is going to run wild. In the time that he's been on the on the field, the six quarters that he's played, 63 points and seven touchdowns. That's that's for the Browns. That's like oh, run, wait, wait, run it by me. Again. Six quarters he's been out on the field. Okay. The Browns have scored 63 points and seven touchdowns. I mean, offensive production was like our biggest problem. So like you're right, dude. If he's to pull this off, if he is to continue this forward momentum, if he is to continue Super those Bowl, numbers, baby. dude, people are going to lose their friggin' minds. Lose them, dude. He's got that. He, I, I gotta get, dude. I gotta give the kid credit. The, the the biggest thing with him is the moment's not too big. And I felt like sometimes the moment was too big for Manziel. And oh, and, yeah. and I knew there were underlying oh, yeah. issues with Johnny. You could see it in the eyes when he had the helmet on, and like he was just scared to be out there. Where Baker's like, dude, give me the ball. And winners want the ball. And I, he's a gamer, and I always like kind of knock that kind of stuff. But he is a gamer, and when that, I just, I, dude, if he beats Baltimore in First Energy Stadium, he's a hero here forever. The problem with the problem with he's a gamer is that people look at that as the one and only decision that making right. process. Where, Fair. where I, I've said it before, like, yeah, dude, Colt McCoy was a winner in college. Yes. Tim Tebow was a winner in college. Yes, doesn't mean that that those are the guys you want at the helm of your NFL franchise. Exactly. There's a very big difference in being a winner in the Big Twelve versus a franchise NFL quarterback. Those are very, very different things. Every hour. $8,000 up for grabs. Your next one is right now. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have tickets for you for the Gould Brothers House of Horrors. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need on this. We talk relationships a lot on the program. A lot of you are in them. Some of you would like to be in them. Some of you can't wait to get out of one of them. And a lot of things can help a relationship or hurt it. 
um, I've always heard, and I believe this to be true, that some of the things that will break up a relationship are lack of communication, Mm -hmm. problems in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. and problems with finances. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are big, right? Those are like big, you know, three big things in a relationship. And all three of them tied together there. Damn, girl, we don't have enough money. I'm all stressed out all the time. Let's thinking bang about it this out. Well, then, then all of a sudden she's like, well, I'm stressed too, and I don't want to have sex with you. Ah. And like, those things are all very much Going intertwined together. Then. Yeah. Going the other way there. But a healthy sex life is very important for your relationship. And as you go on, and as you're longer in these things, some of you have been married a long, long time listening. Some of you probably have been married 20, maybe 30 years, right? And you know, it can just kind of get to the point, I don't want to say stale, but maybe uh, maybe stale, right? I mean, yeah. I don't want to, I mean, I hate to say that, but but it can happen. I mean, routine is nice, but it's also boring. You know what I mean? It can be. So like, there's, there's a definite, definite you have to worry about that at all times. Like, are we getting complacent here? So I have... What men claim are the hottest, like, three-word sentences you can say to men while you're having sex with them. Okay. Okay? And this should not be surprising. As for a lot of men, sex is is purely about the pleasure. Purely about the physical act. Because I would, I'm going to start here at the bottom of the list. Rock bottom of this list. 13% 13% of male respondents said, I love you, are the three words they want to hear while having sex. Now, that there's a difference here, and a fantail can attest, and most of you in relationships can attest. And I believe you should do both in your relationships, right? But there is a difference between making love and then the art of, well, the F word. Yeah. They're different there. Now, you can do both with the person you love, make yeah. no mistake, and you I should. feel like you need to, yeah. right? And, and and I feel like a really good sex session, you do both during the same session of sex. You kind of go back and forth between the two. That's kind of how I like to roll. Okay. Right? Probably telling you a little too much there. I was going to say, all right, now why don't you draw us a picture? <laughs> because don't I can't that. draw. Don't, don't. I'm painting verbal pictures is what I'm doing. <laughs> all right. I love you came in rock bottom. 13% of guys say that's what they want to hear. Now, I am just going to put this out there and, and speculate. That I feel like that is males responding and worried about the perception of who they are by what they responded. Okay. And some guys are a little, have a hard time getting in touch with like their, you know, romantic side or, you know, some people will call it their more feminine side. And you feel like you're less than and not a man if you admit that you, that you want to be loved. Yeah. That you have feelings and that like, you know, there's, there's something inside of you other than just like the desire to orgasm. Yeah. Dude, I'm not a man at all, man. I um, I, I don't. I don't necessarily want to hear it during sex, I guess, or not that like, I mean, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, I can't believe she just said that to me. Um, But after sex, I think that's usually when it's like, oh my gosh, I love you. I love you too. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Those are great. Yeah. Okay. Um, But I got to be honest. And I'm, dude, I'm a sucker for chick flicks. I'm a sucker for all that kind of stuff. So I am. I'm told, dude, I'm a big jelly donut. I'm just soft in the middle, man. I just am. Just a little icing on top, sweet going down, but a nightmare on your hips. Like, that's who I am. Just who I am. But so, like, honestly, like, the art of, like, like making love and, like, kind of making out while you're having, like, sensual sex and, like, looking each other in the eyes saying, I love you in the middle of that is hot, dude. That's kind of hot. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, the the, the sex make out and, like, that. there's a place. Oh, so good. There's a place for it. Um. 
it's just I, much like much like other things. If you overdo it, if you're constantly saying it during sex, I almost feel like you're covering something up, or you're like you're not really satisfied, and you're just using that as a crutch of like, oh yeah, I love you, and like this is such a magical moment, and like, well, no, not neither one of us are enjoying ourselves. Really? Yeah, I feel like it can be, and not in every situation, but like that can definitely be a like hiding. I don't want to say hiding behind the romanticism of it, but like the oh, like this is this is two becoming one, and our souls are mingling together. It's like, well, what are, what are, what are, we, doing what are we doing? What are we doing? The kids are still awake. We just right. got to shut up. <laughs> They're going to hear you. Right? Exactly. Right. All right. So we all know men are obsessed with the size of their penis, yeah. much more than your woman is. Yeah, much more than that. One hundred percent. So 17% of men responded, you're so big, is the, is the three words they, they want to hear in bed. Surprise it wasn't more. 17%, that's it? I, um, well, here's why. I would have never responded as that the thing I need to hear. And because, don't lie, right? Like, don't lie. It's like, dude, I've seen enough porn. I know, I, you know what I mean? I know I'm not a freak of nature in, in the penile area here. Like, I, I, I mean, I know where I am. And so, like, I feel like, dude, if we're connected here, let's not necessarily go, don't go overboard on me. Don't fake orgasms, because we can tell, ladies, we totally can. Or, well, at least a smart dude can. And uh, and you don't got to lie about it. There's a difference to me between between saying, like, oh, my God, that's the largest one I've ever seen. Like, it's massive, because it's like, okay, well, all right. You're, yeah. taking, you're taking me out of the moment here. You're breaking down the fourth wall. But you're so big. I mean, I think so much of sex is stroking the other person's ego. Sure it and is, the, yes. And the concept of, like, telling your girl, like, while she's on top of you, oh, my God, your body is so amazing. Dude, we know we've all seen. But listen, we, we know we've all seen hotter chicks. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we've yeah. watched porn, but your girl still wants to hear like, oh my God, you you know, I just, you know, it's all about that. So I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that one. I, uh, really? Yeah. I think that's, I mean, is it something I, that my girlfriend has to say to me every time? No, but like if she does, I'm like, oh yeah, dude, like it's a, it's a pat on the back there. All right. So I, I kind of had one of these sessions last night, right? Now we didn't go to the, you're so big Ville, but she is very good about saying, that she loves that part of me and it's perfect for her. Like, yeah. I love this. That yeah. That's that's fine. That's good. Lying, you know what I mean? Don't go overboard, but telling me that you are that you love it is perfectly yeah. fine. I don't necessarily need to, I'm not obsessed with like the size issue. The fact that you're happy with it is more than enough for me, right? So second on the list, number two down this list of the most popular three word sentences guys want to hear in bed is that feels good. And of course that's what we yeah. want to hear. Because really what men want to know is that we're good at this. Because I have, a, I have a theory, and I don't know if I'm right on this or not, but I have a theory. That the, that the time, do guys will cheat just kind of sometimes just because of variety. I don't believe women will cheat purely on variety and not getting variety. I think it's A, when you start to take your woman for granted or you haven't supplied an orgasm in a while, she's going to start looking around. Now, are there some chicks out there that are just looking for a strange Well, yeah, there's robo whores everywhere. Of course, but yeah. as a whole, I will agree with your point. So 26%, I would agree. So again, like positive you know, affirmation that you're having a good time here is massively important to us. All a man wants to know is that he's decent in bed that's all he wants to know yeah and like this should that should be like commonplace is that you guys are encouraging each other like like and here's the thing is you know you got i don't know you whoever's out on the court but then you got the dude on the bench that's clapping for him you guys both have you have to be both rolled you have to be starting quarterback and the bench player clapping for him 
I yeah, I totally agree with that. So the number one response, and I think the number one and number two kind of go together. Okay. But forty four percent of the respondents said, "Please don't stop." Is the number one thing, the number one like three word sentence they want to hear in bed. And again, I feel like that's like because again, please don't stop tells me that that feels good. Those two things kind of feel very similar to me that I would have thought there would have been a separation in those two. Now, I mean, unless you're into something different other than like just kind of vanilla standard sex, which most people, you know, kind of is their thing. Yeah, these are all like encouragement things. These are all like, hey, let's be positive together. I always bring it back to. You guys are a tag team in there. You guys are a partnership in there, and you're in there to have fun. Jeez. So, like, Jeez, we're not we're getting tag, tag teams. <laughs> it's like, jeez. But you guys, you guys, you guys have one goal in mind. You're both working towards that same goal, or you should be. And like, you you have to with any other teammate, dude. Like, yeah, there's going to be issues, and there's going to be times where where things don't work out. But like, encouraging each other is a part of success there. So, agreed. It, yeah, it feels good. Oh my gosh, don't stop harder. Those are all great. Keep that up. Can you give me a sanitized version? Oh, sanitize it. Of the three word sentence that you that you would like to hear. Let's say you go home and you have sex tonight and you're like, I want to hear this. Um, I think it'll go but this is just like the one and two there, but something like you're the best. Oh yeah. yeah. That's 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 where I, I, I want to be. I want that stroke job. Okay. For me, it would be, and again, you said it you you started to hint at it that you should both be in there for the same goal. Right. Right? You should you're working towards the same thing. And so, honestly, a little humble brag here. Got to hear this one last night, and I like to hear it every time we do this, which is, and I got to clean it up here because I don't think I'm allowed to use one of these words, but hearing her say, I'm about to, and then we'll insert, you know, the word for finish. Insert what? Yeah. Oh, well, damn. <laughs> Sorry. But, but <laughs> you know, put the word in there for finish. Right. There's nothing hotter than that because, again, all a man needs to know is that I'm able to do this because, again, like I said, I think there's two things that make a woman run around. It's when you start to take them for granted and you shouldn't do that, or when you're not supplying enough orgasms, you're like, all right, dude, I gotta get, I dude, I gotta get a stunty in here. I gotta get this done. I feel like those are the two things to do it. So if you hear those kinds of things in bed, it's positive, makes you feel good about who you are. Ghoul Brothers House of Horror tickets up for grabs right now. We'll send uh, caller 17, 1 800 243 7625 on those and more Sansbury shows right around the corner. You guys hang out. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys. Phantom from the Stansberry Show here. Checking in with my crystal clear vision. Thanks to my friends at the Rollholt Vision Institute. That's right. We're talking about 2020 vision here, baby. That's perfect. And you could be seeing the same way. All you have to do is reach out to the good folks at the Rollholt Vision Institute. So if you've been thinking about LASIK, dude, the first step is to get some facts. And they're all available to you at RollholtVision.com. You can take the self-evaluation test. You can check out some of the financing options or maybe you just want a better picture of what LASIK actually is. Well, it's all right there for you. All you have to do is visit that website. Like I said, it is RollHoltVision.com. At iHeartMedia, we know that marketing to your customers is a challenge businesses of all sizes share. We can help. Not only does radio reach 93% of Americans every week, more than Facebook, Google, and even television, but recently, privacy concerns have forced social media platforms to scale down their advertising options, while radio is expanding its reach and targeting through the iHeartRadio app every day. Visit iHeartMedia.com to learn more. Again, visit iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM to work for your company. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Still to come another shot at $1,000 this morning. Also, Shine Down tickets up for grabs. We'll do those. That show's in March. We're getting you hooked up a little early on those. 
I'm going to want to go to that. It's uh, Shinedown, Papa Roach, and Asking Alexandria. That show's going to be so good. Yeah, it's a beat the box office, too. BTBO is what we call it in the industry. Is here. that right? So tickets available on Friday. You could win them today. You forgot to tell them to touch the touchdowns. Touch the touchdowns to win. Son of a bitch. You love that one. I do love that one. You love one. that I'm one. in the air chair. I got to do those things. <laughs> yeah, you do. While growing up, my dad wanted a Harley really, really bad. And he bought one later on in my life. And I said to him, dude, if you wanted this thing so goddamn bad, why didn't you just buy it? And he said to me, because I had you instead. Right. Because kids are expensive. They are. As a matter of fact, I read an article this morning that says the average cost of raising a child in America today, where do you hear this? $230,000. Jesus, dude. Two thirty. dollars Bruh. Bruh, that's a lot of money. Now, Bruh, now, I know that, like, well, the extremes set the set the dictate, you know, they kind of dictate what happens with averages. But even if you're like, even if you're like, oh, I can do it for cheaper than that. Still, dude, we're talking $125,000. I was going to say, make it half. Ugh. Make it half. It's expensive, man. That's what I've always said. It's like, dude, raising kids is so much more money than people want to admit that it is. And, like, honestly, I think just a lot of people are just jumping into these decisions before realizing, like, I don't, I can't handle this. <laughs> Making me nervous, dude. Not only are kids expensive because of the things you have to do, braces and set money aside for college and let's make sure we put clothes on them and we got to feed this damn thing, you know what I mean, and that whole thing. But sometimes your kids just make mistakes, right? Right. Like sometimes, you know, your kid gets a driver's license, runs into the garage door, there's $1,000. Right. Here or there, right? So a family in Utah found out the hard way that sometimes your kid can just do something, make a mistake, and it costs you a ton of money. This couple had been saving up money to buy, I believe it was going to be season tickets for the University of Utah football team. Okay. He and his wife were both big fans. All right. So they were setting aside a little bit of money from every paycheck or whatever, a little bit of cash, saving up, doing the envelope system. Again, welcome to the Dave Ramsey system. And putting a little money in it and putting it aside, and they were going to buy then these season tickets. When you start doing that, it's it's great because you see that money adding up, but it's frustrating too because anytime you run into a financial headache, I want to buy that, and you're like, oh, dude, I got this. I you know I've got this thousand dollars sitting right here. It's so hard not to. Well, I'll take twenty bucks out of it. Exactly. Well, I'll take a hundred bucks exactly. out of it. That that is that's a tough thing to do. It takes discipline. It's discipline is the exact right word. So they went to go then pay for these tickets. It came time, and it's like now they were buying them through another family member, and they're like, all right, well, we got to pay mom, right? Okay. So they went to go get the envelope. And they couldn't find it. Nowhere to be found. Searched the entire house, up and down. Could not find it. It was about $1,100 was in this envelope, right? Okay. $1,060, like so $1,100, right? And they were looking all over the house for it. Couldn't find it. Thought they lost it. And then the wife thought to herself, oh, you know where the one place we didn't look for this $1,100 was? In the paper shredder. Their two-year-old kid had apparently gotten a hold of it and had like seen their parents like like shred stuff in there and wanted yeah, to play, yeah. with, play with the machine and took an envelope full of $1,100 and shredded the money. They opened the paper shredder and there's just like the debris of cash just shred everywhere. Now, I know you love your kids, Ugh. right? I know you do, right? But how as a human being can you open that and not like lose your ish right there as, you know what I mean? Like don't hit your kid for sure, but like, 
You'd want to. Well, and luckily, this wasn't like, yo, this $1,000 is paying the mortgage this month, or this $1,000 is doing something that's like a necessity. Disposable income, but sure, yeah. still, dude, we're talking 1000 There's a comma in that, man. You know what I mean? Like, anytime there's a comma involved you in it. You love that, it's, too, yeah. It's a significant amount of money, dude. No matter who you are, no matter how rich you are, like, there's there's a level of respect that goes into that $1,000 mark, and yeah, dude, if that was my kid, and you're two, I mean, it's not like... It's like the kid, if, if you're 12 and you did this, you're in a different conversation, but you're two, so you didn't know. Right. I mean, you can't really get, you can't really get down on your kid uh, you know, for that. So let me ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot here, right. and I, I did not prep him early for this. Right. Do you happen to know maybe upon a time in your life where maybe you cost your parents a little too much money? Oh, I'm sure just countless times. And I mean, whether that's, you know, them having to pay for mistakes that I made, like like you said, a driving accident or idiot things I did. And it's like, oh, well, now I got to pay court costs or something like that. But the thing I'll say that I know that I spent, my parents had to spend money on um, for my bad decisions. WWE Network. Was (laughs) new computers. And what what would happen is. Bogging them down with the porn? 100%, dude. Where it was like, dude, you're a teenager. And like, I didn't care back in the day of like, who cares if the this computer gets fried and it was back when like computers cost money and you got right. the, you got the gateway box and there was the cow thing out in the front and two years later my dad would be like what the hell's wrong with this computer i son of a bitch i don't know what the hell's wrong with this thing i'm like i don't know either dude i got zero clue so wait a minute you were just gunking up the family computer well like i mean i was i was erasing cookies i was way smarter about like the internet than my parents were so i was covering my tracks but at the end of the day when you're raw dogging the internet on porn sites especially back then dude did they know uh, or is your mom hearing about this with the first time right now. I would assume when she listens to the podcast later today, she's going to be like, son of a bitch. That's what the problem was the entire time. So, uh, yeah, computers is what I'm going to go with there. Oh, dude, you got the... <laughs> what do you got? I know you cost your parents money. I never thought about the computer, but I guess I'm going <laughs> to hop on the, on the back of yours. No, I, so my brother and I still argue about this to this day. Right. There were two things that cost my dad a ton of money that he bitched about until the day we had to put him in the goddamn ground. And they're both my brother's fault, but my brother likes to blame me. Okay. My brother had spent like a like they went out of town once, and my brother like right uh, like raked up a, like a bunch of and I don't even know if people do this anymore, but phone sex bills. Jeez. Like my brother raked up a, like a thousand like eleven hundred dollars worth of phone sex bills, and I actually hinted at one of them, the other one uh, at the beginning of this break, where my brother got hammered once and he came home. And he ran into the garage door, and he was like, "No, Dan did it." And I was like, "I don't get my license for like another year, you <laughs> fat liar! What the hell are you talking about? You're shot at a thousand dollars, and don't let your kids put it in the paper shredder. Do don't let them do that. That's up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9 online for you. WRQK.com. $1,000 up for grabs momentarily, and then, like I said, 9.30, we'll pass out those Shine Down tickets as well. That show at the Cabelli Center, Youngstown, March. Needs to beat the box office. Anton will tell you, you got to touch the touch toes. Got to touch the touch toes. He loves that one. You have to. He loves that one. Talked a little Baker Mayfield earlier this morning, and I uh, said, you know, I was like, look, man, I may, be, I may have been wrong on Baker, and uh, I hope I am. I, I want that kid to be a 10-year starter here, be a franchise quarterback, and I want him to win a bunch of games. Maybe even a Super Bowl, Lord willing. Right? Okay. I hope so, too. Now, normally, weekly, every Friday, 7 o'clock, we talk to my good buddy, Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Ohio Sports. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350. He can be heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Especially at the corner of 53rd and Ham, brother. Homie! Gamers! <laughs> I got sauerkraut! <laughs> what do you want? I love Munch. He's one of my favorite people ever. The best. Right? 
But Munch is one of these people that takes issue with one particular Browns player, Jabril Peppers. Munch, that guy drives Munch crazy. Has always, too. For as long as we've had him on, he's he's not been on the Pepper side. Now, I'm guessing part of that is U of M. Oh, yeah. Alone. Oh, yeah. Because for those of you that don't know, Peppers played at Michigan. Right? I don't get the whole, I won't say it, so I'll use the red X's. Or where did TTUN come from? How did we get to Michigan with that? Uh, That university up north? Something like that? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Now I got it. Okay. I was always like, where does this come? I didn't get the abbreviation. I, that, that was falling flat on me forever. I was like, what is happening? And like the red X's, like I don't get into that whole thing at all. If you went to Ohio State, that's one thing. If you didn't, you're just somebody who can't spell university who loves the Buckeyes. Now, dude, whatever, support whatever whatever sports team you want. But I've, I've said it on the show before. I'll say it again, dude. Ohio State fans are the most insufferable group of people ever on the face of the planet, dude. Dude, I got to tell you, Fantone, I used to love the Bucks, but you got me really close to being a Buckeye hater. Really? No, seriously. You got really? Me, you got me really close. Because I said the, they played... They played Penn State, mm-hmm. and I said, I was like, this team's not title ready. Say whatever you want. They're not title ready, right. and people lost their minds, and my thing is, like, dude, I'm not, you're not a real fan. No, I'm a realistic fan, and that the way they played in the first half of that game, when I when I posted it, Alabama would have rolled you 60 to nothing. You looked pathetic in the first half of that game. Now, you ended up winning it, and I even said, look, they're going to pull this game out of the fire. They're going to win it. But if you think that's a national championship team right now, you're out of your mind. Now, do they get there by the end of the season? I don't know. Maybe. But they didn't look that way going in. And then people were just like, you know, we don't talk like that here. It's like, dude, you've never even been to Columbus, you loser. You've never even been there. So quit taking Ohio State so seriously. But Jabril Peppers now from the University of Michigan said something that I don't think is going to help him endear himself to the Cleveland fan base. Okay. He says... So that's one thing I noticed about Cleveland sports. You guys are very wishy-washy. Ooh, brown and orange don't like that. He said, if it ain't going right immediately, you're calling for heads. You're calling for jobs. Dude, aren't they like 1-18 since they drafted them? So I don't know if it's immediately. I don't, I don't know if it's like real fast. He says, in his second season, is off to a slow start on defense and as a kick returner and said he's heard about it from fans and media. Said he can't stop at a shop at his local CVS without being harassed. He says, oh yeah, now they're aggressive, he said. My boy had to pull me away one time. Jeez. Now again, it is just the guy's job at the end of the day, and fans can be a little too in your face, and fans can, and I, this is what I always say, like an average fan wants to talk about like the mansions that these guys live in, and I always say all the time, they don't buy those mansions because they want them, they buy that mansion so you don't come over and knock on the door and be like, sign this for my kid, or you're, you know, or you're ungrateful for your position. Like, you're the reason why they live in gated communities, because you couldn't handle it if they lived next door to you. But calling them wishy-washy, dude, Cleveland fans are a lot of things. But they're pretty dedicated. I mean, dude, they were dude, they were going to that stadium for no reason last year. For no reason. Yeah, you were I mean, anybody that went to a game last year, you knew what you were getting yourself into, and there's no denying the strength of the orange and brown uh, Kool-Aid glasses, whatever you want to call it. You, very very real thing. And a dedicated fan base, yes, but I will I I, I will disagree there and I, I'll say they're yes, dedicated in some respects, but also very wishy-washy. I think the Northeast Ohio sports fan as a whole is one of the 
weakest group of people that have ever like uh, accumulated. Now together. again, we have both lived in other places yeah. and have seen other fan bases. So like, so I'm guessing then you have lived somewhere else where you feel like maybe a little less wishy washy than here. I just feel like just mentally weak, and we've wow. seen we've seen a million examples of it. Whether it's oh my god, Joe Buck, he didn't say the Indians are the greatest team in the history of sports, and therefore he's against us, and we hate Joe Buck, and we never want to talk to Joe Buck. Dude, hate him. Can't, can't stand him. Or the Cubs were the better story, and they were, oh, 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 and by the way, they won. Hubie Brown one time during a Cavs game was like, boy, the Raptors, they're okay. And dude, the entire fan base just melted down like it was, like it was, like it was, you know, uh, Hubie Brown saying that the Cavs were the worst team ever. It's like, no, dude, the, the, the Cavs are routing this team, just absolutely destroying them. Hubie, Hubie's got to say something. He's, he's got to say something. You have to keep people engaged in this. I don't think people understand how hard those jobs are. Right when you're when you've got a lopsided game and you're still trying to keep eyes on the TV because don't that's what turn it right. off and here Toronto might be good enough to build a comeback here. Of course, they're just trying to keep you engaged in what you're watching. And and I, I think there's point to what he said of like Northeast Ohio sports fan. One would you know our uh, Baker Mayfield throws those four those four picks. Now some people super hype on him, but there's also the flip side of the coin. People who are like, ah, Baker Mayfield, not good enough, dude, not good enough. Right? You guys, you guys are idiots for even thinking that he could possibly be good. This guy's terrible. Well, part of that is people. Some Cleveland fans love their misery, and oh, they don't ever yeah. want to come out of their misery. Oh yeah. You've been so you you've been so identified by your misery forever that you don't want to give it up. As a matter of fact, I think you and I both know the fan we're thinking of. Hundred percent. Same guy. Like, dude, he wants honestly. He'll talk about how he wants his teams to be good forever, but secretly he doesn't because he wants something to complain about. As soon as they start getting good... You can tell because that's when he's tweeting because he's so happy because he gets to live in that misery again. uh, Loyal, sure, wishy-washy, I agree. I, I do. I, I don't think that was inaccurate on his part. Now, I will say, Jabril Peppers, dude, you've been playing wishy-washy. You've been playing like crap, dude. You can't return the ball. Defense, you've done absolutely nothing. So I'm not like, oh, dude, no, give this guy another chance. But, like, he's he's, he's on to something. Our buddy Dale, who listens all the time, just uh, just wrote this, and he's like, look, man, it's like I went to Ohio State. Right. He's like, and you're right. They're obnoxious, and he's like, and we're nowhere near ready for the national title. Now, see, now there again, as long as you're level-headed, I'm okay with it. But I got into an argument with this kid from Maslin, this dude Todd, because I because I said they weren't ready. And I was like, dude, Bama would roll. And so sure enough, what did I say? Put your money where your mouth is, bro. Bet 1500 they don't get there. I'll bet you 1500 right now. Bet 1500 they don't get there. Well, no, I'm not doing that. Like, not doing that. I'm just I'm just going to be an internet tough guy with the keyboard and tell you how you're wrong. And then he called me a loser. And then predictably they go to, this is why nobody listens. This is why everybody thinks you're an idiot. This is why nobody likes you. And then I get to go back to where I always get to go back to. Who friended who, Todd? Did I come looking for you to be your friend on social media? No, I did not. So at one point you liked me. At one point you thought I was good enough. And it's just now that because we disagree in Ohio State, you're going to take your ball and go home like a little crybaby bitch. And, uh, dude, I did. I was like, dude, Fantone's right. I want to be a Buckeye hater. I, I do. I want. I like. I can't do it because I'm from here and it will kill me. But I do. I kind of wish I was a Buckeye hater. Did he start screaming the Ohio State oh, yeah. at some point? The Ohio State! They love that. My brother always goes to that one. The Ohio State University. Yeah, well, there's the that university too. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a thousand of those. You got me so close to Buckeye hatred, bro. You do. Jeez, dude, I didn't think it was I catching on like this, dude. You know who the Buckeye fans are, Ooh. dude. This is the same thing with ICP. The product is good, but what? the fan base is so goddamn awful. I won't stand anywhere near it. Juggalos and Bucknuts, dude. The same person. Same exact group. Throw Mushroomhead wow. fans in there too. Wow. Get them all in there. Get them all in there. You're all in the same bus. You're all from Lorraine anyway. Wow. The hell's the difference?
Your shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. AK 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Shinedown tickets up for grabs here momentarily. That's a show March 5th, and it's pretty damn loaded down. They're bringing Asking Alexandria with them, also Papa Roach. Man, is that a good show? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's pronounced Shine Dizzle, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit there. All right. So once upon a time, story time, I suppose, here. So once upon a time, this was actually the first time they played. Um, I once had a program director who was from Ohio, but he had been working in Florida. And one of the guys who worked at the radio station with him was Brent's brother, Brent from Shinedown's brother. And so he came to Ohio, takes over uh, the rock station I worked at prior and says, this band's going to you know, be huge. And we're all like, all right, so it's your buddy's band. We get it. Let me guess. They're paying for your landscaping, right. buying your couches, all kind of stuff, right? He's like, no, 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 man. I'm serious, man. They're going to be really, really good. And so he gets up there and he addresses the crowd. This is the PD of the radio station. We never let him live this one down. Gap to showbiz. And uh, he grabs the microphone and goes, hey, I'm so-and-so, the new program director of this radio station. And I'm just here to tell you, we no longer suck. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, that's cool. I was like, dude, he's getting up there, kind of radioing out, kind of telling people, right. look, dude, a new era is born. We're all down. So me and the guy I'm doing the show with are standing in there, back of the crowd. We're like, oh, this guy, cool. Look at him yeah. go, right? Yeah. He goes, so to help us kick this off right, please help me welcome Shine Dizzle. And we just put our heads in our hands like, <laughs> oh, my God. So apparently we suck at least one more day. <laughs> apparently we suck at least one more day. But he ended up being right on Shinedown. Yeah, they're all right. They ended up being okay. I mean, how good were they when when they came to the Palace? That show was so good. Oh, my God, were they great that night. All right. I actually got to put our company in the crosshairs right now. Okay. And um, I I was, well, I I mean, have to is probably not right, but but, but, but we're going to. Okay. And uh, I've been hearing something over the last few days. And it's running on their radio station, so they're obviously not afraid of you hearing about it. It's in, um, it's on a website known as All Access, which is like a radio trade site that we kind of look at for, you know, well, jobs, get me the hell out of here, that kind of right. stuff, news about the industry, that kind of stuff, right. right? And so they, they reported it in there, so they're obviously not afraid of people knowing about this, but I thought it was pretty strange. But iHeartMedia is investing, already done it. And again, the commercials are running on this radio station. They ran this morning, so they're not afraid of you knowing. $10 million in the pot magazine, their publishers of High Times. iHeartMedia Entertainment has committed $5 million of ad inventory on radio and billboards in exchange for 8% convertible note. With the initial principal amount, wow, all right, this is getting a little too technical. Okay. But essentially, dude, they're putting over $10 million in high times. And essentially, the commercial says you can invest in high times, too. It's hightimesinvestment.com, I believe is what it is. And this shows, goes to show you, get ready for marijuana to be mainstream. Oh, yeah. Get ready. What, dude, when the company's biggest radio media company goes, yeah, we're in, they know something that the rest of us don't. 
I mean, when the legalization push first was starting to get made and even medical stuff, there was so much gray area when it came to, well, can we run commercials here? I remember when Michigan got medical marijuana and like all these stores started popping up. We found ourselves in a very weird place of like, well, the verbiage has to be 100% correct. And if it's not, we can't run the commercial. You can't, you know, it was, it was, it was very, everyone was concerned of like, well, we don't want to be too close to this. And if something goes wrong, we don't want to be held liable and all these different things. Now, five, 10 years later, all of a sudden, dude, the biggest company on the face of the planet in the world of media is like, yeah, we'll throw money at this. Sure. Sure. We're going to get rich off of this. So yeah, there's been a definite tipping point when it comes to public opinion. That's how I know they're getting really close, the legal uh, marijuana business, to being able to put the money in the banks and be right. able to invest the right. money. Dude, iHeartMedia is not going to give you $10 million, bro, if they don't think you're going to be able to get this done. They know something the rest of us do not. Now, I will, I will, and uh, you know, obviously it's the company I work for, so I'm not going to like crap on them. I will question is High Times the brand necessarily what I would have picked when I thought, like, hey, I want to jump on board with marijuana? Well, no, I, it's not. My guess is that company is doing something else versus okay. just the magazine, and we're getting in bed with that end of it. It's so, it, High Times is. It's probably the biggest brand in marijuana. Oh, God. Been, well, one of the oldest, longest standing brands of marijuana. I'll tell you why they're getting into it. You know why they're getting into it. Because when this finally does open the floodgate, the advertising for these companies is going to be the biggest advertising wave we've seen since yeah. the invention of the car. Yeah. Like, it's going to be, th- th- these companies are going to rush to the, so what iHeart's doing is going, remember, we were on board with you guys early, give us the money. Political seasons are always big for advertisers, oh, yeah. like, you know, Dude. and honestly, you'll probably start hearing it, we're about a month out from a, from an election right now, so yeah. you'll probably start hearing a lot more political stuff, um, but weed's weird in the sense of... As of right now, we're not allowed to run ads for cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason you don't hear like, yeah. hey, smoke a Marlboro or Winston's or... or not or, on or, TV or, either. No. You don't so, see that stuff. So there's that. But alcohol is still available to us. And I wonder when it all comes down the pipeline of, okay, marijuana is federally legal. You're mm-hmm. allowed to smoke weed across the country. Yeah. What side does that fall on there? Is it more akin to cigarettes where it's like, nah, you can't do those commercials? Or is it going to be like alcohol where you can... My guess is they're going to skirt it because of the medical end of it. Okay. And so they're going to okay. be able to be able to they're going to be able to skirt it as medicine. You know what I mean? Much like you don't advertise Oxycontin on television, but you do Advil, although Oxycontin is medicine. But people are going to say Lipitor but, and stuff like that. Yeah, but people are, you know, yeah, people are abusing it. Um, yeah, that was a bad that was a bad analogy on my end there. Um, I didn't think that went all the way through. Um, I, I think they're going to find a way to skirt it. And again, if our company's taking the risk early, yeah. it's because now again, I keep saying they know something we don't. That's that's going a little too far. That's me and then saying you know that they have insider trading kind of stuff going on. I don't know about that, but I, my guess is is that they have heard rumor of something that we do not know as of yet. Would be my guess. I was a little surprised that they were this vocal about it, this willing to be upfront about it, because I would just imagine that there are other people who are like, oh. We're a little afraid of that still. Now, it's not necessarily something that you or I have had to think about in our careers, but there's obviously people who are in different jobs than we are. But, okay, let's say we sit here working for iHeartMedia. Sure. They invest $10 million into the marijuana industry, whether it's high times or whatever. Okay. Is it moral or is it okay for them to still drug test their employees? You're making money off of it now. Um, it's a bad look. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, if, if I'm an employee that's getting drug tested and I find this out about my company, I'm pissed, dude. Yeah, because if you're willing to take the money, then basically what you're saying is, yeah, nothing wrong with this. Right. It's okay. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, yeah. It, it, it's Well, it would be immoral. It makes me feel yeah, like, okay, do okay. black SUVs come into the door? Okay. Um, it's hypocritical if they decide okay. to do it that way. Um, and yeah, I, I, as an employee, I, I, do, I don't foresee them doing that. I mean, I don't think you or I are getting raises anytime soon. But dude, if they want to start cutting some off, you know what I'm saying? You guys just bought $10 million worth of weed. You can cut your boys off with a little bit, right? Well, not real soon, but we are renegotiating <laughs> probably within the next seven, eight months, and they're gonna have to do something. Fat sacks, dude. They're gonna Fat have to do. Sacks. They're gonna have to do something. Shine down playing March fifth, Cavelli Center, Youngstown, bringing Papa Roach, asking Alexandria. That's one of those shows you want to get there early, see everybody. It's gonna be a damn good show. Caller thirty, you get to go. One 7625 on those. Close out the program. That will be next. I'm Rock one zero six nine. The Stansberry Show, Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Those of you that follow me on Instagram at dan.sansbury have uh, maybe seen this pic as I just posted it not that long ago. It'll be uh, it'll show up at facebook.com slash show here in a second. And this is for all of you. Thank God it's fall and I'm a Halloween person and it's <laughs> Halloween every day of the year and like, <sighs> you know, all those chicks. But there's this internet trend now and... Uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of what uh, the internet and like porn calls pogs, P-A-W-Gs there, fat-ass white girls. I'm a fan of those. It's always been my thing. Even before Mix-A-Lot, your boy was about it. I like it. I like, I'm about that life. I like it. Right? And apparently, the pogs of the internet. I'll show Fantone here. And again, if you follow me on Instagram, Dan where you can see it. Where women now are going to uh, Instagram... And the new trend is they're painting their big butts to, to look like pumpkins that you leave on your front porch. There it is. Look how good that looks. Jack-o'-lantern butts. Yeah, you're making jack-o'-lantern butts. I got to tell you, dude, I, uh, I, I, think I, already sent it to, I already sent it to the woman. It's like, uh, what are we doing about this here? Halloween's right around the corner. We should do that there. That's, that's an internet trend I can get behind. I don't know if it'll raise you know a couple hundred thousand dollars for AL, you know for, for for ACS or whatever the hell it was, but we might uh, we might be able to do that. I think that's kind of hot. I never thought about painting the butt. I think you'd do it, and you'd be like, "What the hell did I do this for? Why is there paint all over the place? What well, there's going to be glitter all over the we, bed what now. What are we doing right now? Why are we doing this? It's kind of hot though. That's uh that's one of those that's that's my body part. I, uh, you know what I mean? I, you know, guys are normally like an ass or a breast man. I, I'm, I'm an ass man. I like it. Big fan. What do you prefer? Um, honestly, if I'm going to pick my favorite part, I think vagina's number well, one. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously. But, I mean, I, dude, different strokes, different folks. And definitely, like, I think it's like anything else, man. You can be any one way and you can still be attractive. I'm not like, dude, you got to have huge boobs. Or, man, you do just got to be a giant badonk donk. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, a little bit of both. You got one or the other. It's just play to your strengths, girls. You'll 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 be attractive. I agree. Whatever your body has that that looks great, I I can live with it. I you know what I mean. Like as long as I, I'm I'm not a dot. Well, I, I do like asses, but I'm. But if I date somebody who's like a little thinner and they don't have that, it's it's not going to be a deal breaker. Boobs, gross. Ew, my god, I can't stand. Oh, them. you know what? Honestly, you know what? Before we get out of here, I should yeah. I should make mention of this because I tweeted this out yesterday. There's an MD out there, a woman, PhD, as a matter of fact. Okay. Who said? Who tweeted this? This is true. I'll have to paraphrase because I don't have my entire timeline pulled up. That said, that 
boobs are nothing but milk vending machines. And adult men who were turned on by breasts have psychological problems that were damaged. Do you buy that? No. No, I, I, I can't. I mean, it's been a pretty common thing. And even if it is, like, even if it's like, well, there's something there, it's like, well, it's the most common, like, fetish in the world. So, like, no, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy it either. And I, I, and I, and I tweeted it. I said, look, I said, sure enough, they found a way to make every male the enemy of the female. You, it's not a psychological problem if it's inherent in you, I don't believe. You know what I mean? And not because it's inherent in all of us. Like, even guys who are not self-described boob guys, like myself included, hand raised. But if a chick walks through the office or anywhere, let's not make it the office, or I don't victimize her while she's walking around. But if, like if I'm anywhere and I see something and you see it, it's it's impossible. Like you're hardwired that way. I don't think it's a psychological problem. But sure enough, Twitter, you wait long enough, they found a way to make every man now the enemy of the female. Good God, that's a PhD. That's what that woman is a PhD, and she's that dumbass. That yesterday was like, this is enough Twitter for one day. Shannon, I believe, is in for Teresa. She'll get you hooked up with $1,000 shortly after 10 a.m. That will continue until 9 o'clock this evening. We're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. or Rock 106.9. If you missed anything, podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.